Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dr. Jesse Christensen wants to help you discover the next exoplanet. As project scientist on NASA's Exoplanet Archive, Dr. Christensen is a huge advocate for citizen science and making sure anyone can be a planet hunter. By Svapna Krishna. It's hard to believe that just four decades ago, we had no idea whether planets existed outside our solar system. Scientists discovered the first exoplanet in 1992, and since then our understanding of the universe has changed irrevocably. Now, scientists estimate that there are as many planets around us as there are stars. The cosmos are littered with icy, gaseous, and rocky bodies that may one day reveal life on another planet. As of October 24, 2023, scientists have confirmed the existence of 5,535 planets outside of our solar system. In some ways, that discovery belongs to all of us because we are part of this universe. The hunt for exoplanets allows all of us to be scientists. That's certainly a nice sentiment, but when it comes to exoplanets, it's actually true. Citizen scientists are working every day alongside those with PhDs to find the next exoplanet. One of the many people we have to thank for that is Dr. Jesse Christensen, an astronomer at the California Institute of Technology. In 2017, Dr. Christensen, along with Dr. Ian Crossfield, was instrumental in ensuring that planet-hunting data from Kepler's K2 mission extension was made public. This ensured citizen scientists could become planet hunters. As a project scientist on NASA's Exoplanet Archive, she passionately continues this work, sharing science with the world and working tirelessly to ensure public access to scientific data. We're really having a cultural moment in science about science access, says Dr. Christensen. One of the things the Internet has done is make everybody realize there are data that should be available and accessible. This is how NASA keeps track of all the planets we've found around other stars, Dr. Christensen says. The Exoplanet Archive offers cataloging information and gives scientists, and anyone else with an interest, tools and data they can use to further study exoplanets. But it doesn't happen all by itself. Dr. Christensen is one member of a team of three scientists, along with two data analysts, a handful of software engineers, a system administrator, and a technical writer at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, which is managed by Caltech, who identify confirmed exoplanets for inclusion in NASA's database. So how does one get a planet into the archive? You can't just stand up at a conference and be like, we found an exoplanet, she jokes. 
In order for an exoplanet to be admitted, it has to be included in an accepted peer-reviewed paper. Once that happens, a team member will track down the paper, sometimes it's emailed to them, but more often than not, one of the three scientists will use online databases to find them. They rotate month-long shifts. The work, combing through papers on archive.org and other services, can be mind-numbing, but it's worth it. I get to have that moment where I'm looking at the data and I realize I'm the only person who knows right now that this star has a planet around it, she says excitedly. That thrill of discovery excites her, but the thrill that fuels her? It's talking to people about science. I'm going to spend the next two hours looking at papers, she says. Science communication has never been part of my official duties, but it gives me life. I need this. Science communication has always been important to Dr. Christensen. When she was at University of Australia, she knew she wanted to study science, but because she was the first in her family to go to college, she had no idea what the possibilities were. Once I was at university in a science school and looking around, I realized, wait, there are people who are paid to just hang out and answer science questions? That's when she decided to become an astronomer, because she wanted to talk to people about science. I'm so lucky I get to hunt for planets as my job, Dr. Christensen exclaims. I want to know if there's other life out there. I want to know if we're alone. It's one of the oldest questions we have. Are we alone? It's no secret that there are many people who think NASA is a waste of money. Part of why Dr. Christensen prioritizes science communication is that it's a way she can give back. I want to explain to people that we are good stewards of their money and here's the exciting things we're doing with it. Another motivation is to be a role model for young girls who want to become scientists. That's why she's heavily involved in mentorship and is a TED Fellow, and it's why she advocates for public data so anyone can become a scientist. NASA's Exoplanet Archive is incredibly important work that's crucial for the exoplanet community, whether it's astronomers working to find new exoplanets or citizen scientists combing through data sets. It's the public accessibility of data in a good format with useful documentation that's crucial. One of the main reasons I'm passionate about making sure data are accessible and open is it really democratizes science. Getting science into the hands of ordinary people is very important to Dr. Christensen. There's a lot of science done by people in their ivory towers with their access to their great telescopes, and there's no reason that data should ever become public, she explains. One of the reasons I love working for NASA is that's how NASA operates. It's taxpayer-funded, it's your data, you pay for it. Citizen science has played a large role in the confirmation of exoplanets for a very good reason, the sheer breadth of data. It's more than any single human can analyze. Of course, scientists can write computer programs to analyze the data, but software doesn't have a gut instinct, as Dr. Christensen points out. It can't look at a set of data and tell you where something is off, the way a human can. Want to find your own exoplanet? You can do it easily with test data. TESS, or the Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite, is a spacecraft that monitors over 200,000 stars for dips in brightness. This is one of the simplest ways to find exoplanets. When a planet travels in front of its host star as seen from Earth, there's a measurable dip in the star's brightness. But TESS only identifies exoplanet candidates. These candidates have to be independently confirmed by humans. PlanetHunters.org makes light curves from TESS available to the public. After a short tutorial, anyone with internet access can dive in and start looking for their own exoplanet. Almost all of the really unique planetary systems have been found by citizen scientists because they were able to look at the data, says Dr. Christensen. Anyone can go to planethunters.org and find their own planet. 
It's just delightful. The number of citizen scientists I've been able to publish papers with who have found their own planet, it's really cool. And I get to enable that, she says. Thanks for listening to Wired. My name is Zeke Robison, and for more stories just like this one, visit us at Wired.com. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at Wired.com science. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.